This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. It is an absolute privilege to be here. Uh, thank you to Pastor Tom and Bonnie and the leadership entrusting this pulpit to me this afternoon. I do not take it lightly and uh, I've been before God asking him what to share this afternoon. I do realize, remember Joshua when he had to choose only 300 men. You remember the story? Joshua had to go and he had to choose 300 men that would support him in war. And the criteria was those who drink and those who are sipping like a dog. Remember the story? If it was today, I would have said to God, God, those people who come in the afternoon, those are the people. Come on, so you are the bold, you the chosen, you the greatest team that could be here, you the awake ones, you the ones that I'm hungry to teach and to be able to impart, you the ones that's going to make a difference in the continent. Come on. Hallelujah. I preached this message, and I'm going to be honest with you, once before. So it is my second time that I'm preaching it. I do believe as leaders we've got to be honest. But I want to share something that is crucial. When I preached this message for the very first time, God spoke so clearly in my spirit that this message was for Zimbabwe. I had no clue how to get here. I had no clue I would be standing in front of you. I just preached it back home and I realized this was not just for South Africa. This message is specifically for Zimbabwe. As we've ended into 2017, I firmly believe this is your year. I'm saying it as an African, but I'm saying it as a guest to this nation, that this is absolutely your year. When I listen to Pastor Tom and I listen to the expectation, if I listen to what is taking place, I'm here to declare you've got the greatest opportunity in front of you. This is going to change. I'm not saying your president is going to change instantly tomorrow. No, 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 no. God's hand in this nation and something is about to happen. So you've got to hold on to that word. This is the year of the sword. This is the year of the word of God and you've got to hold on to it with everything you've got. If you have your Bibles, would you join me in 2 Corinthians chapter 18? Oh, I love the sound of Bibles. Are some of you still paging? I know some of you have gone electronic. That's fine. Are you in 2 Corinthians chapter 18? This message I've titled is Scarred Yet Anointed. Scarred Yet Anointed anointed. Second Kings chapter 18, for the next few verses, will put us into the picture of what is taking place. There's a new king on the horizon. His name is King Hezekiah. So let's pick up the story in verse 1 and give you a bit of a feel to where we're going. Now it came to pass in the third year of Hoshim, son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, King of Judah began to reign. Twenty and five years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem. His mom's name was Abby, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right 
in the sight of the Lord according to what David, his father, did. He removed the high places, he broke images, he cut down the groves and broke into pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days the children of Israel still burned incense to it. It was called Nephusam. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that before him none was among him about the kings of Judah, nor any were before him. For he clave to the Lord and departed not from following him. He kept the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses. For the Lord was with him and he was prospered without, with everything he did. He went forth and he rebelled against the kings of Syria and served them not. Let me paint you a picture for a few minutes. We often believe that the country that we live in is in its worst state and no one has ever lived in as bad circumstances as what we're living in. We look at this nation and we go, if you live here, you would know it's the worst on the planet, blah, 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 and we can fill in the dots. I come from East London, South Africa. Listen, we have potholes like yours at the moment. Seriously? If you think it's a rabbit in the road, be careful, it's a donkey. It's just his ears sticking out. <laughs> I believe, yeah, if you drive straight, straight, they think you're drunk because you're forever swerving and missing potholes. Yeah. Our grass is nearly as long as yours on the side of the road at the moment. It's not much better. So we all come into a system where we believe this is the best circumstances ever. Let me paint you a picture. King Hezekiah, was born into probably the worst environment you could ever imagine. His dad was King Ahaz. Did you know that King Ahaz was one of the worst kings that ever ruled Israel? He was the most wickedest. It was a period where 75% of the nation were fighting one another. In the one war, 150,000 people were killed. Israelites killing Israelites. In between all of that, to make it even worse, 200,000 were taken captive. Birth, major earthquakes were taking place. And to make it on top of it, the worst of all, King Ahaz was not happy serving the worship of Baal. Now, Baal was the god at the time which a lot of the other people were serving, and they brought it into worship. And he said, Baal is not good enough. I need a modern god for a modern time. And he brought along a god called Molech. Have you ever heard of Molech? Have you? I'm impressed. Yeah. Molech was the worst god you could ever imagine. Molech was a bronze sort of statue that was massive. You know, I sort of love the space you've got. Imagine that's a bronze statue standing there. In his belly was a fire that burned permanently. It created the heat so that this entire statue was like on fire. It was hot. On its front, it builded, the hands would be like this, and it would get so hot that whatever they put on there would literally scorch and burn to death. King Ahaz wanted to worship this Molech god and brought babies as sacrifices and would put it onto this god and it would burn. 
Imagine the stink, the stench of flesh that is burning. Scholars have looked at it. Prostitutes used to work around this place, and if that prostitute fell pregnant, that baby was sacrificed eventually on this God. The only place and the only time you would survive this worship and this practice of worship is if you were put on and you somehow fall off. Then it's an honor because you managed to overcome this God. And then whoever the mom or the parents is may keep this little baby. If you go back two chapters in 2 Kings chapter 16, it is interesting to see that King Ahaz sacrificed his own kids. So if you read very carefully, the chance of King Hezekiah not being sacrificed is basically minimal because he sacrificed his boys. So here's the thing. Worst scenario ever. The worst time to be alive. The worst time to actually be born because the chance of you living is basically nil. You're gonna be sacrificed to this God. How's that? And imagine, I'm playing role-playing for a moment, is that this baby was placed on, but God had a plan. And his baby falls off, survives. Mom takes his little baby home, scarred. Remember the heat of this hands? So he has a kid growing up with scars. Have you ever seen scars? They don't completely go away. The reminders of what has taken place. How many of you got a scar somewhere? We all do, eh? Somewhere an accident happened, you slipped, you fell, you cut yourself, and you got a scar for the rest of your life. It's not sore anymore. I've got a few on my leg. Uh, they're not sore anymore. But if you touch it, you don't. But if you see it, you go, what happened there? Imagine King Hezekiah standing in front of the mirror, having to get dressed. He's the king of the Jerusalem. He's the king of the Israelites. Yet he's full of scars. Burnt by his dad. Burnt by his society. Burnt by the government of the day. Burnt by religion. Burnt by everything you can imagine. And yet he becomes the best king that ever lived. How is that possible? How is it that he with those circumstances can still become the king of all kings? Do you want to know why? How? Are you keen to know? Did you pick up the story in 2 Kings when I read? Remember he was, Ahaz was his dad. And in a few verses down it says the following. And he did what, is verse three. And he did, did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to his dad, David. Now wait a second. Verse one says he is the son of King, ah King Ahaz. Now it says he did what his dad David did. Uh, is there a mistake? No. When society hurts you or someone hurts you, that's cool. But you've got to get past there and find something to hold on that will carry you through. You've got to find something that you're going to hold on who will not disappoint you. King Ezekiah couldn't grab to Jesus. This Old Testament. Jesus was still coming. You and I have such a privilege. 
we can grab a hold of the word of God. This is the year of the sword. This is the year where we need to grab onto what God has for us and to stand. I don't mind if you're scarred. I don't really care. It sounds horrible. Please hear my heart. If you were burned by the society, I don't really care if you were burned by the government. I don't really care if you were burned by whatever circumstances. You've got to look away from that and grab a hold into what God has for you. You've got to get a hold onto the word like King David and he followed the commandments that God gave. And guess what? He became the best king that ever lived. In fact, the Bible says no one lived after him that was as good as he was. Whoa. That's neat. Not only was he the best king, he started to deal with religion. He looked at religion and says, you will not be higher than what I'm serving. I serve the God of all gods. And he started to remove the things that were built, the tempers that were built, all the worship, a lot of stuff that was put up. He started to destroy that. And he destroyed something that existed for 400 years. Remember Moses' time? Now I've got to be careful. Is, is Dr. Mark in the house? Because I, I don't know about you. Did you notice that man? I, I mean, it was a crocodile, not a snake. <laughs> Lord, help me. I, I used to love what's Prince of Egypt, the movie, the animation movie. You know the music? You're playing with the big boys now. And they throw down their staffs and go into snakes. And Moses throws down his staff and it goes into a king cobra. Because the king cobra is trained to eat the other cobras and then he takes it back. Now it's a crocodile. Now, now how do you grab a crocodile's tail? Remember when they finished, they picked up by its tail and then it was back into a staff? Big crocodile. You know, we know crocodiles. We're in Africa. That tail goes like, how do you... <laughs> and then you pick it up and it's a staff. Okay. But, but he's not around, so I think I'm safe. In Moses' time, there was a plague. Snakes came to attack the people. They got bitten and many started to die. The people came running to Moses and said, Moses, what do we do? Moses consulted and God said, put up a staff, a cross, and put a snake on it. And anyone that's bitten needs to look at that staff and once they look at the staff they will be cured remember that they called Nefustan that staff was still existing 400 years later and people were burning incense to it you see a religion sorry a movement in one generation cannot become a religion in the next generation so what our fathers did we can't worship because it does, has no more power left. We've got to worship the true God. God's on the move. Things are changing. We've got to worship God himself. We cannot worship the God that Pastor Tom worships. You've got to worship God. I hope it makes sense. You can't hold on to Pastor Tom's faith. You've got to hold on to your faith. And when does faith come? Faith comes now, and how does it come? By hearing. Hearing what? The Word of God. So just by you sitting here, hearing the Word of God, guess what? Your faith is growing. You're growing. You're maturing. The 
giant that was this big is becoming that big, and now you can conquer the bigger giants. Why? Because you're growing in faith. And King Ezekiah looked at this and said, for 400 years, we are worshiping religion. We cannot worship religion. We've got to worship God. And he destroyed this religion. Friends, Zimbabwe is about to see a move of God that will change everything. We are about to see something where God's going to do something greater, mightier than you can ever imagine. Watch this space. You as a leader, you are here called by God for a reason such as this. Watch, watch this. In the same period when King Hezekiah was alive is the same period that the prophet Elisha was awake. I don't know if you know, Elijah was at the same time as King Hezekiah. Now I know King Hezekiah is in the beginning of the Bible and I know prophet Elijah is at the end of the Bible. You sort of timeline, you don't think it's the same time. He lived in the same period. Do you know what the first five chapters of Isaiah is? Have you ever read the first five chapters of Isaiah? It is him prophesying and complaining. He's saying, Israel is disgusting. God, you should kill Israel. God, you should deal with Israel immediately. We are done with Israel. A donkey knows its owner. An ass, which is a horrible word for another donkey type. He says, even they know their crib, but Israel does not know who their God is. They are an absolute mess. And he's complaining and he's murmuring for five chapters. This is the prophet. Five chapters he's complaining. Chapter six starts. He looks up and the heavens open. And when the heavens open, he sees for the first time right into the throne room. He sees angels all worshiping God. And he hears the following, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And as he hears this, he reckons for the first time, whoa, I am undone. I am undone. He says, I have what? Unclean lips. Why would a prophet say I've got unclean lips? I reckon because he was not speaking what God wanted him to speak. He was thinking he had the position as a prophet and he was speaking what he felt God would have felt until he encounters God. The moment he encountered God and he saw the heavens, he says, whoa, I am undone. And then the angel came, brought down a coal, anointed his lips. And thereafter, when the prophet speaks, he was speaking the oracles and the understanding and the revelation that God wanted him to speak and not his own speaking and not his own stuff. Friends, how many of you are leaders in this house? You're a cell leader, you're a pastor, you're some form of leader. I'm going to ask you, do you stand right now? Just for a moment, if you're a leader. I want to go as far as to say, if you're head of a department, if you are in head of the ushers, if you're head of the choir, the band, would you stand? Wow, look at this. I know many of you are from without the borders of Zimbabwe. You are from somewhere else. When I stood here this morning in the worship, I felt God saying this. God is going to anoint your lips today. What we've spoken in the past about our nation 
was not God's heart. And I know, we murmur, I also complain about my city. And at some point I go, Lord, I'm undone. I didn't speak your oracles. I did not speak your word. And I believe today, this morning, this afternoon, God's gonna touch you. You don't have to come to the front. But I believe God's gonna show the heavens to you. And he's gonna touch you and change your vocals of what you speak and what you confess about this nation. It is gonna be God's heart. You're gonna find yourself saying, I love Zimbabwe. You're gonna find yourself saying, this is the best place to live. You're gonna find yourself, I am so glad I'm in a city. And if you're living somewhere else, and I know you've traveled in, that is the best place to be. God has put you as the prophet to speak his words into this nation. God has placed you to be the best at what you've done. Some of you could be in government. Some of you could be in political arena. Some of you might just be working, cleaning. You are placed there for a reason. And God's gonna do something mighty. I met a lady. Her job description was to be the cleaner and to serve tea and coffee in the boardroom. She was born again. She was Holy Spirit filled. That definition was an external definition. It was not an internal definition. Your external job that you've got is the external sort of label of what you do to get some income. You are much more on the inside. You are so much greater than the inside. If you were to see yourself on the inside, not the scars on the outside, you'll be surprised at who you are in Christ. And this lady would serve tea and coffee. And guess what? They had a problem they were discussing in the boardroom. She overhears the conversation serving the tea and coffee. And something of boldness came over her. And she looked and she says, Sir, ma'am, the head's over there. He says, may I say something? And I all looked at her. And she said, could you not try this? And she shared what she saw, what she felt. The boardroom was stunned at the wisdom that came out of her. They changed the entire company around. It became successful and she was immediately placed on the board that makes decisions into the future of that company. It does not matter what your external scars are. And please, I know it hurts. I know when people joke, they want to joke about Zimbabwe. We all talk about the money, the millions. Everyone always says, when I come to Zimbabwe, I'm going to be a multi-millionaire. And, and, and they joke about it. And I know there's scars and there's hurts. But to each one of you that's a leader in this community, that is a leader in this church, God's going to change us today. God's going to change your viewpoint. May today's maximum be tomorrow's minimum. May today's maximum be tomorrow's minimum. We're going to go more. We're going to go deeper. We're going to go into what God has for us. We are not settling for what we have. And so would you as a leader raise your hand right now before him. Just pray in tongues if you can. Pray in tongues right now. Holy, holy Lord, God Almighty. Holy are you, Lord. 
Magnificent are your ways. You are the Lion of Judah. Lord, I pray right now for every leader. Yes, we were burnt. Yes, we might have been hurt. Yes, maybe there are circumstances that really has put wounds on our lives that we really don't want to be bold for you anymore. But I know today things are changing. I pray and I thank you that the heavens are open. I thank you that your anointing falls and it pours right now on every leader. I pray that, Lord, they will not see the wounds anymore. They will not look at the scar, but they will grab a hold of your word. Our help comes from you, the creator of the universe. We are help comes from you who designed us with a purpose and a reason. So right now, Lord, may your angels minister. May your angels touch. May your angels work. May your angels come down in floods and touch everyone's life right now. More, Lord, more, more, more. More of your power, more of your anointing right now. I speak boldness into every leader. I speak a new authority into every believer that they will know who they are in Christ. They are not the tail. Zimbabwe leaders, you are called to be the head. You are the head. You're going to lead. You're going to walk into what God has. This is a great time to be alive. 2017 is the year of the sword. It is the year of the word. The word will go forth. Lord, I thank you. It will not return void. It will produce this year. I thank you for an atmosphere that's changing right now. And I thank you for your goodness to start to pour. May your goodness fall. May your goodness work in every area right now. More, Lord. More, more, more. More, 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 more. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes. We break down religion. Zimbabwe religion will not control you. We place God to be the King of kings over this nation. And who we will serve. Lord, let your will be done. More, Lord, more. Touch every leader. Go, Baba, Rebe, Bebe. More, Lord, more, 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 more. Thank you, Jesus. Twenty seventeen is not a mistake. You've not just migrated into twenty seventeen because the calendar changed. I've had to wait two years to get here. This is Zimbabwe season. Yes, there's scars. But often we've got to get scarred so that we can stand, we understand we can't do it ourselves. We can't do it in our own power, neither by might nor by strength, our own wisdom, but by the Lord right now. We thank you. It's the year of Jubilee. That means we don't have to do anything. You're going to do it. Lord, for us as a ministry, you said that for the network, 
that 2017 is the year of the fabulous outpourings from heaven. And, and, and that means there's nothing we can do about it. It's going to happen. It's like it's going to rain. If you like it or not, you're going to get wet. It's just depending how wet you're going to get, but you're going to get wet. You can't control the heavens. And we thank you that this is the outpouring year. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. New energy. I just sense a wave right now. Just a new wave. A new wave, more, Lord. A wave, a wave, a wave. The trumpet of Zion is going to sound. You're going to stand firm. Paul the Apostle, he says, after you've done everything, stand. And then stand again. This is the year where standing is going to be made easier. But here's the wisdom. Do not look at your past. Do not let your past hold you back. Just like King Hezekiah, grab the word. We've got to grab the word. And the more we get the word in us, the more we're going to grow and walk into what God has. Amen. You can take your seats. Thank you. the leaders and people yeah we all know the story of David the Bible says and all the kings went out to war you remember the story and David decided to stay at home I've been to the city of David it's not big it's small and he could have not said that he did not know the lady that was barfing because her husband happens to be Uriah one of the top 40 most bravest men in the Bible Uriah's dad was one of the top 5 most bravest people that lived in Israel that's serious but look what he does I've got time to read it he chases his general and the army away you remember that? Then he chases the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, out of his life. All of it goes to war. He alone stays behind. He would have been safer in the middle of the battle, next to his general, his army, and the presence of God than being outside of it. And that's why he fell. Do not, and I really want to beg you, do not chase the presence of God out of your life. Do not chase the very people that by their mere presence next to you demands from you to be whom God has called you out of your life. Let, let me explain it this way to you. To make it very easy to understand. I am married. The moment my wife walks into the room, into the place, I have no choice. Her presence demands from me that I'm her husband. 
when my little kids run into the room, their very presence demands from me that I've got to be their dad. When I come to church and someone sees me, their very presence demands from me that I'm their pastor. When I get onto the network, if I like it or not, that very network demands something from me. Sin does not take place when someone's around you demanding you to be who you're supposed to be. Sin takes place when there's no demand on our lives. That is why we so often want to be quiet and alone. And when we sin, what do we do? We, is anyone watching? Why? Because we chase everything out of our lives. I believe that this is going to be a great year. But you must understand, Satan does not like what is about to take place in this heavenlies and is going to manifest in the natural. We have a choice. Get into the presence of God. Once you're in the presence of God, the presence of God demands from you who you're supposed to be. If you are a pastor, the presence of God demands from you to be the best pastor ever. If you're a worship leader, if you're in a choir, God's presence demands from you to be the best singer there is. To be a radiance of what God wants to do to the people. If you're a cell leader, be in the presence of God, be with your people that will demand you to be who you're supposed to be. Do not run away. Don't hide. And you're going to see God's going to do mighty things. God's going to raise up this nation. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lord, help me. Get this. Jesus is born in a beautiful little place. Well, actually not so beautiful. I mean, he gets rejected before he's even born. He has to go to a cattle stall. He has to go to a barn to be born. He doesn't get born into royalty of a beautiful inn or anything else. And soon after he's born, word gets out that he's been born. And what happens? The king wants to kill him. And he has to flee. The baby, Jesus, has to flee for his life. Where does he go to? He goes to Africa. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's gone to where? Africa. In case you'd forgot, Egypt is part of Africa. Okay? We have crocodiles, not alligators. We have the real lions, the leopards, the elephants, the rhinos. We've got the real stuff. They've got the imitations that side. But Jesus spends two years in Africa. I'm not a prophet. But I know that there's a season where God's going to give back to Africa because we helped to save the baby Jesus. For two years, we looked after the Messiah on this continent, and it's our turn. It is our turn for this continent to see God's hand move. We're going to see the greatest move. You've seen revival through Europe. has gone through Asia, it's, um, it's, uh, America. Guess where it is? It's coming into Africa. Hmm? Come on. It's coming into Africa. This is our season, my friend. This is our time. I want to conclude. You might be scarred, yet you're anointed. The yet is the important part. 
that look at the scar look at the anointing and the calling God has placed upon you and if you make tea make the best tea you can imagine and ask God's wisdom because you could be a director of that company just like this whatever you face God has a plan for you you are not here by mistake look in the mirror and say I am a hungry lion ready to tear up what Satan has taken away from me don't look at the mirror and say the world owes me the world owes us nothing no one really owes us it's just just a myth it's a new generational speech here we go hashtag fees must fall hashtag government is fall hashtag you owe us no God I mean the world doesn't owe us anything we got to stand become and be counted we got to walk in the goodness that God has so would you stand as we close and I'm going to hand over to Pastor Tommy in a moment I want you to declare the following are you ready? But I need you to declare it as a lion. Not as a little cat. Someone that's bold. Someone that's an African, that's strong, that has a voice. Say, I might be scarred. Yet, I am anointed. I'm a conqueror. I'm a winner. I'm adequate. I'm well supplied. My God is for me he's not against me I will conquer I will overcome I'm well supplied lack be gone in him I live I exist and I will do what God has called me to do 2017 is my year it is a great year it is the year of breakthrough but it is through the word of God friend stand and remain standing give God a praise he deserves all the glory hallelujah yes Lord come on we can do better This is the King. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Come on, you are victorious. Look look at your neighbor in the eye. Look at him in the eye and say, you are a conqueror. You, You need to believe it. You need to look like one. Friends, Remember Joseph when he was sold as a slave? It was bad. I mean, who would like to be sold as a slave? Talk about violating your own rights. But what did the Bible say Joseph did? He stood how? The Bible says declared that Joseph stood with his shoulders out and his face, his countenance out like this. Joseph did not stand like all slaves do, embarrassed by the fact that I'm about to be sold. Change your countenance. Put your shoulders out. Put your face out. 
God is on my side. He is my deliverer. In Him do I trust. I do not trust in the Zimbabwe dollar. I do not trust in the government. I don't trust on anything but God. And this is what God wants for you. Walk in what He has. Remember, Dr. Mark, eye to eye. He wanted to make eye contact. In fact, God wanted to bring gifts to us. To us. Us. We. Us. David says, who, who am I that you are mindful of me? I'm but a human being. Yet you are part of the bigger picture. Who and the picture is big? Let me tell you, next 10 years, you are not going to recognize this place. You will not recognize this place. To God be all the glory. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.